up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We are a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to review some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Gina. Gina, good to see you this evening. Hi, I'm so happy to talk about uh, Flight of the Navigator. My tween ageness will come through during today's <laughs> show. <laughs> Next, joining us from Boardwalk is Pete. Pete, hello. Yes, I'm at uh, I'm at Disney World in Florida, and um, I just really need to know, like, at what point did NASA security get so much power? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then last and certainly not least we've got steve steve glad to have you with us this evening hello everyone guys if you have not already please like subscribe share get on to us at youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app so you will never make sure you will miss any of our episodes as we typically do First, we are going to start with some Disney Plus news. And so it's time for the Disney Plus. No, I just, I'm just going to stop because she's not here. She's not here. And I can't <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I got rhythm. No, anyway. No. Um, okay. Ad supported plans and higher prices to Disney Plus will arrive on December 8th. Prices are $7.99 for the ad supported and $10.99 for the ad free Disney Plus. There will be a legacy bundle for existing customers that will be $14.99 a month and include basically what the bundle does now. Ad-free Disney+, Plus, ad-free ESPN, and ads on Hulu. So now we know a date and we're starting to find some out some of the pricing. I still think it's going to be interesting because there's so many of us that get it for free on Verizon. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see which bundle level they include. Mm-hmm. And oh. if they bill you for like four bucks. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. I would totally do. Right. That's great. Um, according to financial reports released today, Disney Plus streaming has lost $1.5 billion over the last year. Subscriber yeah. numbers keep growing, but it's the point where it is really not a financial winner for the Disney company. And I'm curious how much the lower price ad supported will really help that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're at, 200, they're at 250 some million subscribers right now, but still losing $1.5 billion. I mean, that's wow. going to have to be a lot of added revenue. Yep, I'm going to need it. Uh, Zootopia Plus released a trailer of six shorts from this universe. Uh, the short series premieres this week, and we will be reviewing that series next week, along with the uh, Diamond in the Rough that we're going to be doing. Looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> Uh, there will be some sort of Grogu short released November 12th, which is the three-year anniversary of The Mandalorian. Uh, the, the, this is a this was a leak off Disney Plus Italy. Accidentally put up one of those released this week type things that included that. 
the thought is that it is one of the like the atmospheric soft music type scenes where basically you're just going to be sitting there watching Grogu stand and look around. But we we hmm. shall see. And then uh, the Acolyte has begun filming. Uh, this is a Star Wars series that takes place during the High Republic area era, which is about a hundred years before Phantom Menace and anything we know. So, so 120 long, years before the Battle of Yavin. Long, <laughs> long, long time ago. Yes. In a different when, galaxy. And Yoda was only like 550 years old. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Maybe he'll have a few less wrinkles. Maybe. So, <laughs> okay. As we have said, Gina has kind of previewed this week. This week, we are diving back into the vault and we are talking about the 1986 Flight of the Navigator. Um, story follows David. David is a 12 year old boy in 1978, Fourth of July. He goes to find his brother in the woods who's walking back from a friend's house, falls down this ravine, which I'm not sure how there's ravines in Miami, Florida. But falls into this ravine, wakes up to what him is four hours later, to what everyone else is eight years later. His family has moved. His Everyone has gotten older. It's one of those movies. And na- then also this spaceship shows up in Miami. And they take, they take the spaceship to NASA. NASA. And then when they're doing a mental scan on David, it brings all sorts of stuff up that has to do with the spaceship. So he gets taken to NASA for 48 hours, but they end up keeping him longer. He escapes, goes into the spaceship. The spaceship takes him away, needs the maps out of his head. He then gets back to Florida to try and find his family again, comes to realize that no, 1986 is not where I want to be. I don't care what the risks are. I want to go back to 1978. Yes, I'm sure. The They make this super risky trip that takes about 30 seconds. <laughs> and he ends up back in 1978. And he remembers everything that happened. But to everyone else, he was only gone for the couple of, for the hour or so that he was supposed to have been gone. And that's Flight of the Navigator. So with that, guys, we will say goodnight. No. <laughs> and that was a highly detailed summary, too, of the plot. Yeah, that was, that was plot. That was that fully was... in-depth. This is an hour and a half movie, guys. <laughs> so, um, Gina, I'm going to start with you, I think. Did this movie age well over the past 26, no, 36 years? Yeah. Um. So I said, when our little pre-show chat, I said, 12-year-old me loves this movie. Oh, so nostalgic. I love it from 12-year-old perspective. No, it did not age well. There's too many past things that you have to know to actually appreciate this movie. And then it says some things too. It has the R word, which when they're making fun of each other, not a fan. Then they are talking about all the Coke, new Coke, Diet Coke, original Coke, classic Coke. And then the guy even has like a classic Coke bottle and or classic Coke can. And you have to like know about that. if be around in the 80s to appreciate that. The pink hair from Sarah Jessica Parker. It just doesn't, unless you were in that time, this movie is not for you. So I say no, did not age well. Pete, what about you? Uh, I would agree. I can, I could see a 
10 to 12 year old maybe enjoying it, but it even, it was kind of slow too. So I'm not even sure. Um, once you get to the part with the spaceship, yeah, I could see maybe, but I could actually see uh, a kid today watching this and maybe even being bored by it. I'm not sure. Um, but it certainly bored me at my age. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and also I was like, the movie starts out with this super 80s music and then they're like it then you find out they're in 1978 i'm like what <laughs> you couldn't at least come up with music like 70s music they did, for- they did. uh you're the one that i want from greece which was released well, <laughs> in 1978 playing on one of the cars as it drives yeah, they, by they, they did and- after they did after a while get that but i'm just saying like right at the beginning that they, they they do a bunch of fake outs with space with stuff in space including I don't want to spoil it, yeah. including, including, <laughs> well, sure. Why not? Including Frisbees. And then so yeah. like you're, you're, and then there's all this like really, really like, Oh my goodness. We're right back into the eighties, but we're not, we're in 1978. And I was like, Oh, well that would have been clearer if you had made your soundtrack sound. Not the banner like said 1978 gains dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just. Uh, anyways, <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> but uh, you know, it 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 it, <laughs> it feels like a re- relic of the post ET uh, '80s kids movies, um, and is probably squarely in the middle of quality wise. With there's there's really a lot worse ones out there, but True. yeah, um, Mac and this me. Isn't, this didn't Mac hold up. Yeah, Mac and me. There. <laughs> Mac is the worst. I was thinking that. What about you, Steve? Did this hold up for you? Actually, it did hold up. I don't remember if I saw it first in the theater or on VHS, but I liked it. I got the references. Um, talking about the song from Greece, interesting fact is the director who um the same director did Greece as well as this movie. So it's sort of a little yeah. nod to him. Okay. So, but um, I liked the references. Um, I did find it weird that because um, I didn't realize that it was set in 1978. So that sort of threw me for a while. But for what it is from the 80s, it brought back the childhood memories of those cheesy 80s movies. So, oh, yeah. Definitely. Like I said, 12 year old me loves. If you were talking to me, 12, this is the best movie ever. It's so good. It's up there with like Back to the Future. Good. <laughs> And oh, it was, no, yeah. in 12, 12 year old, 12, 12, 12, not now, 12. And it was Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker's first major feature film. Yes. And I loved her. Um, I do. I did love her as a kid. Um, Pete, what do you me, think? Sorry, not um, Pete. <laughs> um, for me, the biggest cringe came about, I know, as we were talking five minutes in, um, when the little brother calls the dog i think and teasing the older brother calls him retarded and you know would that be any better and that is a word that just does not get used today and should not get used today it's a constant battle i have to have with my high school kids but they seem to be getting better at it call something dumb call something stupid Stupid even but that's not a term because it's not even the right term no that was a huge cringe Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I think if you remember this movie, you're gonna like this movie. Yeah. If you if it's gonna be kind of a nostalgic throwback, you're gonna remember. If you are a child of the '80s or Pete '70s, 
um, then yes, you're going to remember this stuff and it's going to be okay. My 12 year old, my, excuse me, my 14, wow, he's not 12 anymore. My 14 year old son was bored. He, he loved, well, until you realize you don't get him into the spaceship until an hour into the movie. Yeah, it's wow. a long slog. Whoa. I, Brandon hadn't seen it as a kid. And I said, I want your take on this. And he was like, I mean, this was so boring. It was so boring. He has no clue what happened. Yeah. It was, he was asleep by hour. The half hour mark, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a slow slog of a movie that I, to me, a movie ages well if it's just as relevant now as it was back then. Right. And this one is not. No, no, I agree. Now, it did help pioneer some of the visual effects, though. And I'm going to jump to Pete, I think, on this one. Are the visuals effective for the movie? I'm going to say for the most part, they are. They did a lot of trickery where you could not, uh, you know, you they, they made the spaceship look like it was floating, but you couldn't really tell that it was being suspended by something or whatever. The, um, the flying effects I thought were all pretty good. I was I was pretty impressed with it. Um the the liquid metal stairs coming down was a little wonky, but um again, this was I mean we're talking 86. about 80, 86. It was actually pretty good for that time. Um and and even like the floating like when the kids go up the floating steps, like they did look like there were floating steps. I'm not I'm not even really sure how they did that. So um honestly Oh, you know that one? Okay. I, I actually do know that one. Um, that was actually, they brought in Doug Henning, who is the famous musician from Canada. And it's all done. They're actually real stairs, but it's done with camera angle. And there is a steel bar that goes away from the steps that are holding the steps in place. So, Oh, well, it was, it was very well done. So yeah. I was... Um, you know, I was I was very impressed with the special effects uh, to the limited degree that they there were some. I mean, there were not a ton of them, but I thought they I thought what they used was very effective. Um, and I wonder where that ship is now because it was sitting on the back lot here in Florida for. I know, I know, I know that. that picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually two. Do you know yeah. where both are? I know where I know where at least one of them is. The other one is kind of in the in the in the ether. But one of them is actually in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. It is the Coca-Cola cool ship in Tomorrowland. Oh, it's Max. It, yeah, that is Max. They, they repainted oh. it. They put fins and, a, and wings on it. But that is one of the two ships. The other one, as you said, Pete, was on the Hollywood Backlot Tour. I have a picture. And we're not <laughs> sure where it is at the moment. Where it ended up. So. Yeah. Yep. Steve, what do you think about the visuals? Um, I think they hold up pretty well. I agree with Pete. The the melting stairs was a little wonky. Um, did learn though that um, it's called reflective technology. It was one of the first films to use it, and um, later you sort of saw it in the Terminator movies. So they took sort of the same idea and then basically enhanced it and made it better. But yes, yeah. Okay. How about um, you? And, well, and I would say that. James Cameron has actually said the liquid Terminator from Terminator 2 
was directly influenced by the melting steps in this story. Oh, in cool. Movie. Okay. Um, That's liquid metal. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, one of the first uses of the morphing technology in any kind of, mo- of a movie um, done by the director's brother. His company is actually the one that came up with the morphing technology. Think, okay, the old Michael Jackson black or white music video. I was going to say that, yeah. To each other. Yeah, yeah. That, same technology. Um, and this was the first use of reflective mapping, where they take the digital background in a shot and program it into the computer so it reflects off of the object within the thing. So that was cool. Um, interesting. The director was actually college roommates with George Lucas. And George Lucas had, had told him, though, don't use a reflective spaceship because you'll see the camera. Well, they managed to work it so, especially through the computers. That apparently kept crashing five to six times a day. (laughs) That, um, but it was the first use of that reflective mapping technology. Yeah, I just want to talk about the um, practical effects. I loved the little the little uh, Muppets. Were they Jim Henson or were they a different? They were not. Do we know? No, they they just just remind me. They remind me of Captain EO's little puppetry. So I was like, oh, maybe the same. And one of the puppeteers was the voice of Johnny O in Search the Circuit. Oh, okay. So it was that sort of team that came up with that. Yeah. Johnny Five? Um, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Five. Yeah, he was the voice of the robot. Yay. See, that was all the 80s, all my favorite 80s movies. <laughs> I, was a teen. I put Short Circuit above this. Yeah, I do too. I would agree. I was a yeah. teen. <laughs> Steve? I'm going to start with you on this one. Does the movie follow a winning path? Is this a good movie or not? Sort of. I mean, the beginning of it has some really great potential. Like if you're looking at the storyline and then the end, it's just that sort of cheesy 80s kid movie. And it just sort of goes nowhere. Like the premise is an amazing storyline. And I've, um, documentary I watched, which if you're really interested in, and it's called the life after the navigator, which follows, um, Joey or Jerry, whatever Freeman, the kid actor about his life after Joey Kramer. Joey, what's that? Joey Kramer. Yes. Thank you. But he's just dealing with drug abuse and alcohol abuse and then in and out of the prison system in Canada and just how he's reclaimed his life and stuff. Um, but it was supposed to be a much darker story, I guess. So we're talking about the person who wrote the script then originally then Disney brought the rights and there's this push and pull and sort of you know Disney won and yes what do you think Derek you used the correct term there potential it had potential um this should have been a 45 minute Disney TV show decom should have been a decom yeah, yeah um the last half hour or last 20 minutes probably once he once the ship turns into full peewee herman mode then sure why not the first part though is so slow that it's 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 painful to watch so to me no it doesn't follow a winning path it it got lost it gets lost after about the first five minutes and then kind of reclaims kind of gets back on the right track and gets on the map again about the last 15, but still it's, it's not that great of a movie. Gina. I agree. Um, 12 year old me thinks this movie is fabulous. Cause it does everything that a 12 year old child enjoys. 
falling into a ravine after getting scared by your brother. I have a little brother. I related to that. Being able to go on a spaceship. That was cool. Meeting Sarah Jessica Parker and going in that Ralph thing. That Ralph thing took way too long, by the way. That Ralph scene was like... (laughs) 10 minutes who cares so but as a 12 year old that ralph scene was amazing i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe it's still going um they just dragged on a lot of the scenes i love howard hessman and his his acting but he didn't get a big part in this movie and i thought he needed a bigger part so no it does not follow winning path it has all the right all the right pieces it just wasn't executed so pete what about you uh I don't I don't think this movie works at all. There's a clever idea in there of a kid wakes up and everybody he knows is eight years older, but I'm not sure that's a kid's movie as opposed to some kind of like more a drama or something like that. Um and then it it that all totally drops out of importance for um you know a I don't know. I want to say like a uh, kid versus big government uh, conspiracy yeah. movie that, uh, you know, is again, it's like it's like they took some pieces from E.T., but not the good ones. And um, uh, I it, there's there's <sighs> there's not much winning. There's not much winning on this path. This is a losing path. Yeah. Yeah, and I especially when you consider it came out a year after Back to the Future. Yeah, and it was kind of Back to the Future meets Big, kind of. Only he's the one that stayed. He stayed small, and everyone else grew up, as opposed to him growing up and everyone else staying normal. Yeah, um, that's what it reminded me of. And then I mean, even the direct ET reference. He just said he wanted to phone home. Oh yeah, was just. I mean, the cheese level on this was just terrible. Now. As we have mentioned, this is going to get a reboot on Disney Plus. And Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Pete, <laughs> how would you improve this for a reboot? Oh, my gosh. Um, and think that it's going to be a series. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> no. Um, well, again, I think that I think that what would be interesting is like seeing more of this kid's experience of he's a 12 year old who now everybody he knows is, is older. And, you know, maybe he meets his, his crush who's now 20 and he meets, you know, uh, his old best, his best buddies. And he's like trying to hang out with them, but he can't hang out with them anymore because they're all working and everything. So I think more of that would be more interesting, um, I just, oh, the rest of it was so dull. I don't know how to make it better. Um, okay. uh, maybe, maybe instead of just flying around on earth, they go to planet Phalus. Phalon? Was it? Phalon? Yeah. Phalon. Uh, you know, maybe that would make it more interesting. I don't know. Uh, replace the entire movie with, um, uh, what was the uh, what was the one with the three kids in the spaceship? Uh, uh, I should have been more Lost prepared. Space? <laughs> no, no, I'll I'll look it up. Go to Steve. Okay. <laughs> um, I think we need to turn it in more to suspense. Sort of start off the movie where he wakes up 
and finds out that, you know, parents moved all of a sudden that it's 1986 and sort of gets built up, really build up that suspense about what happened, you know, especially if it's going to be a series. And slowly as he starts hearing these voices and he's trying to figure out what the voices are and what they're coming from. And then second season would be going to the other planet. <laughs> yeah. That's my thoughts. Derek, what do you um, think? Don't do it. <laughs> just, just don't do it, Disney. Please don't do it. And even worse, don't make us watch it. Um, <laughs> but uh, as to me, the, the part I remembered growing up and the part I remember now was him interacting with Max. That needs to be the focus. It needs to be him. Okay, so I don't care that you're 12. I don't care that the government's after you. Expose Max to 1978. Expose Max to 1986. Almost make it a quantum leap type thing. Where expose him to 78. Okay, expose him to 76. You know, all, you know, with the bicentennial. bicentennial. Expose him to 1970. Uh, he would have been born in 66 so he would have remembered 1970 expose him to 69 the moon landing have him go up there and actually be on the moon with watching Buzz and Neil or something like I don't know but him and Max is the only part of this movie that's really worth saving to me and, and by Max I mean the Pee Wee Herman Max not right the not the compliance Max. yeah not the compliance so, Gina all right. Any, any hope for this? So I would just totally redo the whole thing in terms of I wouldn't even start it in the 70s. I'd start it in like 2000 and he wakes up in 2022. And because that's so much tech that has happened and evolving and 20 years have passed instead of eight. 20 years have passed. She's a whole different person. It's not about the government. Who cares about NASA? Who cares about talking to the computer? Then he meets up with his with Max and instead of traveling the Earth, they go to other cut they go to other planets they explore space and then he becomes like this five-year mission to boldly yeah, go yeah, exactly make it more star trek make it more star trek make it less less get rid years. of this movie entirely and make it yes. a star trek show make a star trek but that's i i really think they need to lose the 70s lose the 80s and start from like maybe 20 years gap instead of eight years eight years there was no like who twisted sister? Who's that? Like, just so dumb. Just so dumb. Anyway, who's she? <laughs> you figure out the movie. Explorers. Oh, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna shoot kids into space, let's let's. That's let's see great. Explorers. Explorers is so good. Because <laughs> don't they turn like they turn something into a spaceship? Right? They turn like a jukebox or something. They turn like yeah. They built they like oh. a kid has a tilt a world tilt a world. Yeah, Brandon knows exactly. He's like, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's got yeah. little, Ethan, it's got young Ethan Hawke in it. Too. Yes, it's a great movie. Well, this could have had either a young Joaquin Phoenix or a young Chris O'Donnell. There's actually a tape out there of Chris O'Donnell auditioning for this in the striped shirt. Wow. He was one of the two options. He was one of the options that did not get this as opposed to the guy who did get it. Yeah, and actually, in the documentary I was talking about, Life After the Navigator, they have a clip of the Chris O'Donnell um, audition tape. Wow. So, uh, wow. Um, got some other various you know, facts and notes. as what We're going to start calling the notes from the vault. Just other facts about the show that hasn't fit anywhere else within the show so far. 
um, it, we mentioned about how uh, Paul Rubens did not want the credit. He wanted it to just be Paul Mall, which, yes, was actually the brand of a cigarette. <laughs> um, and he said he did it because he had done this after Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which a lot of people don't remember. It actually came first. Yeah. And then after this is when the Pee Wee's Clubhouse show started. So, oh, okay. So he had not done the Pee Wee's Clubhouse yet. And he wanted, he basically wanted his, the people listening to go, hey, wait a minute, that's Pee Wee Herman. Got it. So he, any promotional material or anything, he did not want Paul Rubens to be listed. Interesting. Uh, you, met, you mentioned uh, Howard Hessman, who was Dr. Faraday. This was coming off of WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, coming, off the, coming off of the movie Clue. Mm -hmm. So he was a, those of you who don't know him, great character actor in the 80s. Big, na um, big name for the 80s, too. Yeah. yeah. Huge name for the 80s. Head of the um, class. Yeah. Head of the class. Yeah. yeah. Um, mentioned how Joey Kramer's uh, kind of left Hollywood and had some troubles. He, Joey Kramer actually turned down the role of Wesley Crusher on Next Generation. Wow. Like he was offered it and turned it down. So it ended up going to Will Wheaton. Um, uh, you know, so, I, there, there were a lot of this movie had a lot of problems, but actually, I thought his acting was pretty good. Not bad. That was yeah, not bad. He, 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 he was, he was, he was all right in, in this movie, yeah. um, which kind of surprised me. And, and it did, he did have to carry essentially the entire movie. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they cast him is he was able to cry on demand. Oh, so mm. you could. So, so the tears like, you see rolling down his face. Real. It's not like yep. they've actually you know, plucked nose hairs or something like that. They're nope. legit. He was, he was able to cry. <laughs> he was able to cry on demand. Yeah. Um, for those of you, for those Disney World fans and those Epcot fans, director Howard Kleiser, the guy who directed this, who directed Grease, directed Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Makes and sense. Honey, I blew up the kid. So it feels similar. Yeah, I get yeah, it. He, he did both of those shows. I get it. Um, and then in the gas station scene, they one of the I think it's the girl or the boy is wearing an Epcot shirt. The guy has not had that's open. Yeah. So um when this released, it was up against Friday the 13th, part seven. <laughs> Howard Howard the Duck. <laughs> and aliens. I think. Oh, yeah. it got up. It came out like ninth its opening weekend. Yeah. Didn't do that well. So got trounced by James Cameron's aliens. Um, well, that's a very different audience. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was only the second Disney movie ever that uh, had cursing in it. Um. The first was the Robin Williams Popeye the Sailor. Wow. Um, both of them used the S word. So, and this was the first, it was an independent film, but it was the first distribution right deal signed by Michael Eisner. Um, and for those of you Marvel fans, the forest where he begins his adventure is filmed at the Villa um, Villa Vizcaya Museum and Gardens in Miami, oh. which, which was also Mandarin's lair in Iron Man 3. Oh, okay. so I like that. There's, that. there's that Marvel connection because heaven knows we can't get away from Marvel anywhere. Ever, ever. You can never escape. So, okay. 
as we always do when we're done talking about a movie, we give it a pixie dust rating out of five cups of pixie dust. Gina, pixie dust cup rating out of five. Okay. As an adult human being, it's a two. As a 12-year-old tweener, it's four. But no, it's a two. It's a two. <laughs> my 12-year-old, my 12-year-old self love this movie so much. And as an adult, I'm just like, no, sorry, sweetie. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> well, I was 16 when it came out, so I'm just giving it a flat out one and a half. <laughs> one and a half? Yeah. One, well, and a, what, one and a half. Oh, okay. I, 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 can't, I can't really hold out the right number of fingers there. So <laughs> I thought I saw two, which I was going to. I started like that and then I went like that. Trying to so. bend it down. Okay. Yeah. Steve? I'm going with three. I enjoyed it. It was a, it was like just a flashback movie for me. Um, just the overall good experience. I give it a three. And now did you watched it when you were younger too, right? Um, I think, I don't know if I saw it in a movie theater cause I, I was 16 or I've saw it a couple years after it came out on videotape. I can't remember where I saw it, but I guess like the eighties references. I mean, I was definitely grew up in the eighties. So a three for me. That's why I said my my twelve year old self is right there with the four. (laughs) I don't remember. um, As I said, it was it was probably a little too young of a movie for me in nineteen eighty six. I would have been I would have been sixteen seventeen, and um, uh, I was more likely to be going to see Aliens. Yeah, I had to wait. I had to wait for VHS. I saw this in the theater with my camp. You know, it was a day camp. For, you know, let's go play the navigator. Probably a dollar fifty to go <laughs> sit. <laughs> um, for me, guys, it's it starts at a one and a half, but that last fifteen minutes bumps it up to a two for me, just because that's that's the fun part of the movie, and that's the part I will that's the part I will go back and rewatch. Is the last is that that not the last five minutes, but the fifteen minutes before that, yeah. where they're where he's going up, down, and around, and flying all around the world. That's the part I'll watch again. So for me, it's a two. I mean, so yeah, I was even bored by that part. So, <laughs> so um, it was that's why it's a one and a half. <laughs> and to me, that's Makes the sense. only part I remembered. So I think that's part of probably why I enjoyed that part is more than the other, but the not enough to totally you know resurrect this movie. So now next week, going to be watching two things. As we said, the first one we're going to be watching is the Zootopia Plus. Animated shorts. There's a series of six, but we're also going to go uh, grab a diamond in the rough that was recommended by multiple fans of ours, including before he joined this show, Steve. And it, I know it's one Pete's watched before. I've watched before, but we're all going to watch it again. It is Waking Sleeping Beauty. It is the uh, story of essentially the Disney Renaissance in animation in the late eighties and early nineties. And that's going to be our, that will be our primary focus for next week. We'll be waking sleeping beauty. Um, guys, thank you so much for being listening along with us and watching along with this guys. If you've got suggestions for us, we're going to need some coming up because not Marvel and star Wars aren't everywhere. So please email us at plus platoon at gmail.com message us on Facebook, send us a, a direct uh, message on Instagram or Twitter. We will definitely, we answer everything we get. And let us know what you want us to be watching coming up. What of the what of the Christmas stuff that we don't really want to watch? Do you really think we should watch, like <laughs> the Guardian special or the Santa Claus show or any of that kind of stuff? If there's something you are so diehard wanting us to watch, 
Let us know. And sometimes we like to, we will take the bullet so you don't have to watch it. True. Um, <laughs> we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We have new shows coming out every week on Thursdays on all major podcasting platforms. Every show is available to watch on YouTube. And thank you so much, Gina, Pete, Steve. Thanks for being on. And we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to The Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make The Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to The Plus Platoon channel, where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for The Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at plusplatoon. Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.